This Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9. This Bites is brought to you by Society Insurance. Welcome to This Bites, Milwaukee's culinary podcast. I'm your host, TJ Tariq, a.k.a. The Architect, and with the very talented... Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine. I know, you you wanted it to be like this da-da-da-da. Drum roll, please. I kind of gave you, you that, you, didn't you, I? You just sound like how you write, you know? You'd be like, a lot of flourishes. And, okay. Know. And Christensen in Milwaukee Magazine, da-da-da-da. We got to work on that. I know. It's sad. Um, on this week's edition of This Bites, we got a few things to talk about, as, as we normally do every week on this podcast. We're going to kick it off with, uh, as you know, winter is around the corner. Yay. But uh, that doesn't mean the farmer markets are done. We're going to talk about the various winter farmer markets in Milwaukee. And then there's a really cool luncheon. Luncheon, right? Luncheon. Luncheon at Lake Bart Bistro, which is unfortunately sold out. But we're going to talk about that special guest uh, who's coming, who you interviewed. Yes. Uh, and her cookbook. So we're going to mention that. Her name is Dory Greenspan. It looks very interesting. You brought the cookbook here called Everyday Dory. Not to confuse with our Dory, who's on every morning. See yeah. what I did there? I love, did you there? know, I think I just like people named Dory. Yeah. Finding Dory. Great movie. Uh, and then finally, <laughs> Bitter Cube uh, is, uh, has a permanent space in uh, over in on, was it Lisbon. North? Lisbon. Yeah. Lisbon and North. Uh, they have a bar and bazaar. We're going to talk about uh, what's going on there. And uh, you have a little bit of their menu. Share about some of the cocktails, interesting cocktails they'll be offering over there. And then finally, you wrote a really uh, a review about the new restaurant that took over Wolf Peach View uh, MKE. And uh, that's it for this edition of The Spites. But let's get it to kick off with... It is winter upon us soon. Yeah, I'm wearing my snowshoes and, right now. Yeah, and we, we a few weeks ago we talked about the... Uh, kind of the closing schedules for the summer former markets, mm-hmm. but now we're going to talk about the opening schedule and what's out there for winter farmer markets in Milwaukee. So take it away, Anne. Did you know the winter farmer's market is in its 10th season? No. That surprises me, but it is, it's back uh, as of uh, this Saturday, November 3rd, and it will be every Saturday except for the two holiday breaks that they will take November 24th, which is the weekend of Thanksgiving, and December 29th, which is during the, the, the Christmas holidays. Um, and the hours of operation, I'm just giving you all the nuts and bolts mm-hmm. here, <clears throat> are from 8 a.m. to noon. It's held again at the... Um, Mitchell Parks Domes Annex. Okay. So it's the Greenhouse Annex. And um, after 10 years, they they say they're back and better than ever, you know, bringing back the favorite vendors for their eggs, bakery, you know, produce, dairy, grains, ready-to-eat hot foods. In fact, they're adding more vegan and vegetarian options oh. and want to make sure that there are uh, breakfast and lunch options that are available consistency, consistently from week to week. Okay. So that's that's one thing, because I think a lot of people go and they not only shop, I think they want to kind of turn it into, you know, kind of a little event a and little they're going to s- kind of maybe hang out, hang out have something to eat, and, hang out yeah. at the domes, right. And um, they're also bringing in more Fondy Farmer's Market vendors. So, for instance, oh, Alice's nice. Garden is going to be there cool. on select Saturdays, not all of them. Speaking of that, did you see the Alice Garden? There's a documentary? Yeah. You didn't see it, did I you? did not see I the documentary, see but I heard that there is yeah. one, and I yeah. want to see it. Um, 
There's also redstone rice, uh, which is grown at the Fondy Farm. Oh, rice. And cool. that's going to be available on certain weeks, too. I need to talk to them because, you know, I still have this idea for having a sake. I know. Brewery, so. I know. So I think that... Uh, so anyway, they're, um, they're also um, supporting um, the or getting support um, from the Wisconsin Apple Growers Association. Um, and that's actually helped them grow to, to um, have 70 vendors now. Mm. So that's one of the, the ways that they've been able to grow over okay. these last 10 years. Um, so I think, you know, I don't get to the, the winter market, market as often as I like to, but I think it's a fun event. And it, it's one of those things that kind of takes, you know, t- takes the pain out of winter a little bit because it makes you feel like, oh, there's still these fresh things yeah. that I can get through that season. Mm-hmm. And as I, you know, wait endlessly for the next summer season to come yeah that's cool and when does it kick off again uh tomorrow november 3rd yeah Nonprofit radio milwaukee is brought to you by you a membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to milwaukee visit radiomilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride now we're back on this bites milwaukee's culinary podcast and you have an interesting uh, uh, event uh, and also uh, a person that's coming to this event mm-hmm. at Lake Park Bistro. And you interviewed this person uh, about their cookbooks. First off, who is this person <laughs> and why is she coming here? And then, yeah. and then what's so special about her? Why, well, why do you like her? Why okay. do you, think, you know? Yeah. Her name is Dory Greenspan. She is a cookbook author and she's a food columnist for the New York Times. And she's won a bunch of... And I say a bunch, it's probably like four or five James Beard Awards, which oh. is, she is no slouch, let me tell mm-hmm. you. And uh, she's she's known, you know, for her kind of no-nonsense recipes mm-hmm. and also like this idea of um, using what you have, you know, not going out and buying a lot of like crazy ingredients, mm-hmm. but, you know, trying to incorporate what you have and also having like a little spark, something just, you know, it might be a, a recipe that people or a dish people are more familiar with, but if you just add your own touch mm-hmm. to it, she's a big fan of that. Yeah. Um, I... One one of the things she's also known for is a she's a baker too. So she cooks. She's a savory cook, but she also is a baker. Because you're a, a baker. I love to bake. Yes. And she uh, one of her one of her most recent cookbooks was called Dory's Cookies, and that was a James Beard Award winner. And that's I don't know if you heard about. Um, there's a recipe she has in that book. Um, it's a take on a famous French chef's like chocolate sable cookie. Um, Pierre Hermé, who was a very mm. front, famous French French pastry chef, yeah. and she kind of changed it, and it's it's called World Peace Cookies. And I've I've made these cookies; they're wonderful little buttery, like chocolate, almost like shortbread mm-hmm. sablés, right? Sablés, a butter cookie. Never brought them in to share. No, I purposely mm. just uh, decided ah, yeah. Tariq doesn't need these. But when you think about it, World Peace Cookies, you mm. know what is you know maybe a lot of people could sit down over a, a really nice cookie. And talk to each other, listen to each other. Maybe a, a cookie could help bring about world peace. You know, I, I can see that. It's, uh, you know, people love cookies, you know, so why not use cookies to bring people together? To, to bring people together, to get them to listen, talk to each other and listen. There's a you lot know, of... Instead of arguing about the yeah. crumbles of society, you, yes. can, you can enjoy cookie crumbles. <laughs> cookie crumbles. I knew where that was going. I knew I the crumble trying. was going to work there. That was not a good pun. So Dory, um, Dory lives on the East Coast and she lives in Paris. 
and I happen to have a oh, phone so she don't interview. Live, she don't live in New York. She's, she's, she she does live in the. She lives in New York, but she divides her time between <laughs> New York City and or Connecticut area. Must be nice. And I know, but <laughs> she's you know she's done really well. Mm. And I I talked to her on the phone specifically about her newest book, which is just out now. It's called Everyday Dory, and it's again the not way to be confused cooks. with Dory Zori. No, not to be confused with Dory Zori. Um, and this book is about. Literally, just as she says, the way I cook. So it's a compendium of recipes that things things that she likes to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're they're very you know I, I wouldn't say necessarily simple, um, not all of them, but they all have a certain spark to them. And um, she's coming here this weekend, and she's going to be at Lake Park Bistro tomorrow. Um, and she's signing her book, and mm. they're they're doing a luncheon. Is she cooking um, stuff, or are you cooking stuff from the book? Or they what? are cooking. Lake Park Bistro is cooking some recipes. I'm going to tell you about some of these recipes okay. they're making from her book. Um, so the hors d'oeuvres are going to be a carrot and mustard riette with, and riette is like a pate mm-hmm. with rye rye crisps. She, so it's a vegan pate. Sounds like it. Uh, I have it. You does, said carrot and mustard, and I'm assuming that's like kind of a vegan, or unless there's something else that I'm missing. I don't know. I'm not. Ah. I didn't actually look at that specific okay. recipe. I know you want to know, and I'm <laughs> gonna I'm gonna answer that question before we leave today. Um, her gougères, which are cheese puffs, that's like a very French type mm-hmm. of hors d'oeuvre, um, and a roasted squash hummus with endive, or as some people like to say, endive. Have you ever heard people say that? Endive. I usually slap them. Pretentious. I hate that. Okay, then there's a soup and salad. They're doing a soup shooter of roasted butternut squash with herbs and cream and a salad of cauliflower tabbouleh with chickpeas. Okay. And then they're going to do her spatchcock chicken with tarragon. And you know what a spatchcock... It's like flattened chicken, right? Yeah, but it's it's just... I mean, but it's that whole... It's the chicken with the bones and the skin yeah, attached. Yeah, it's all yeah. played out. And Love it, that. And you put it in like a cast iron skillet and it's, it cooks, it cooks evenly. Wonderful. That's why they do it. Yes. And you get a lot of... You get the juiciness. Mm-hmm. You get the flavor. You know, I love a, kick, a chicken to cook that way. And it's going to be served with sides of maple syrup and mustard Brussels sprouts. Um, a... a Basta pasta to potato salad. Do not ask me about that. <laughs> butter and butter clays turnips. And then for dessert, um, they're going to be doing kind of a French, um, a French pastry with pears and creme anglaise and a cadeau. Um, I guess that's a little gift mm-hmm. that you can take to, to uh, everyone who's going to it. It gets a little cadeau, a little gift to go. And those are candied, candied cocktail almonds. Um, but uh, so I, I'm really excited about about her coming here because she's probably one of the most um, like h- humble and modest people I've talked to. She's not a professional chef, and she will say that I am a self-taught home cook. Mm-hmm. And she has she's a very good recipe developer, okay. very very good. I would like and, to talk to her about. I'm always interested in like how do people develop recipes. So I love to like learn. Yeah. About that. I got a couple of books at home about that, but it's she, sort of like, I love to learn from somebody that's like, sit there through the, the process of developing a recipe. Yeah. Um, but she, okay, so they're making, um, I'm showing you actually kind of a photo of this this dessert that they're going to offer tomorrow. It's called, I'm not going to say this right, but a flunyard. Flun, it's like a clafouti. It's okay. a custard with fruit in it. Okay. And it has that sort of cakey custard. But the the, the name flunyard is not as well known, okay. I think, to a lot of people here. Um, but, uh, yeah, so when I talked to her on the phone, you know, uh, we talked a lot about um, kind of like, uh, you know, 
this idea, sort of like what you're talking about, recipe recipe developing. Mm-hmm. But not only that, I mean, when coming out with a cookbook, when there's so much competition out there, oh, it's how do you bring flooded. something new to the table? Mm-hmm. How do you really do that? It's hard. It's and then you know some of those you know. I expect a lot of like the David Chang's these cookbooks where you can't find half the ingredients exactly. or, or the process is like, you know, rocket science, literally. And that's the frustration and, you know, for a lot of and people. Those and that, cookbooks become like coffee table books. And that's something. what she she doesn't want to do or didn't mm-hmm. set out to do with this. Uh, so it, it, it's about, you know, taking kind of um, dishes that you already know um, and techniques that maybe you were just that are that are very easy to learn for a home cook like mm-hmm. a spatchcock chicken right and maybe adding a little bit of a, an extra touch to it um she talks about using gochichang in something that you wouldn't necessarily know that, yeah. or, or have heard about adding it to mm-hmm. just to add a little a bit, bit of, of you know uniqueness yes and also going into your refrigerator and saying what do i have what mm-hmm. do i have already and what how am i going to use this mm-hmm. so i like that methodology a lot because it isn't requiring you to like, oh man, I just went to the store. Now I got to go back because I forgot, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. um, obscure ingredient that this recipe calls for. I think she doesn't do, she doesn't do a lot of that. But I want to go back to um, the riettes. We were talking about the carrot and mustard riettes. And um, it's, um, it it classically refers to a meat and it's Mm. typically pork. but these are not the ones that they're, they're doing. They're vegan. Yeah, these. Oh. Well, I don't know that I'd say vegan, but no, vegetarian. These, um, no, it's not. It's not vegan because it, it it has cheese in it. Okay. This one is quickly steamed carrots, cubes of cheese, lots of mustard, and a spoonful of olive oil. Okay. That's what's in this. And then pureed and then. And this becomes, you know, kind of like a, a pate texture, right? Okay. Um, and then there's a spread that she's serving with it that has mustard seeds, mayonnaise, Greek yogurt, Dijon mustard salt and pepper um, and they're serving it with rye crisp you can serve it with some kind of bread some fresh herbs like cilantro extra virgin olive oil drizzled on top but a really nice vegetarian little appetizer that you can make mm-hmm. that out of something that you know and it would be a lot I would say it probably would be a lot more co- complicated thing to make it out of pork yeah. the steps you're going to yeah. be a lot more steps there okay. so um, I just like her approach because okay. it seems really doable Cool. and she's really really sweet but unfortunately that lunch is sold out yeah it's sold out because she's so cool and Mm. popular and people want this cookbook because not only are they they you know for the luncheon it's also a book signing so you can get your book and get it signed by her probably and that's cool i wish i could go i like to meet her uh next is um we all know bitter, bitter cubes, one of the most popular bitters in the country. Um, I've seen it all over. The, I've seen it in the most obscure cities when I've mm-hmm. been traveling. I've been like, wow. Yeah. Uh, taste in and they finally have a permanent spot on Libs that lives in uh, like 46th, 47th, 48th, 48th in Lisbon. <laughs> yeah. They had a. Uh, they finally opened up their new space, which is also kind of like a, a factory, but also remember Dock 18. That's uh, also had a permanent space. They're back. But it's called Bitter Cube Bar and Bazaar. And you uh, have a, kind of a, a little bit of taste of what people can expect yeah. from their menu. And it's bizarre, not as in, oh my gosh, that's so bizarre. It's the different spelling. Yeah. It's the Store, like shopping, shopping. Yeah, the yeah. shopping retail area. Uh, because what they're doing is um, there's a, so they have a bar menu, right? You can go in kind of like Doc 18 and, and sample various cocktails, mm. but then you can buy the ingredients 
for certain ones, you know, and make them at home. Oh, they so like all those fancy cocktails that you like, oh, I love to make this home. They have the ingredients there and that's the bazaar. That's that's what I was trying to tell you. Yeah, that's clever. Yeah, that's very clever. So because um, I'm like, I have these cocktails and I look at the ingredients on the menu. I'm like, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not trying to go in the world well, and make right, this right, cocktail. right. Well, the I, and I think maybe we talked about it this a while ago when they announced that they were going to move to the mm-hmm. new location. You know, not only they obviously have that line of bitters, but they have a new um, line of what they're calling cocktail el- elixirs, and the elixirs um, are what you all you need to do is add spirits to, like them to make cocktails. So I think it kind of makes it just a little bit easier for people mm. to t- try to replicate yeah. certain things at home. Um, but so they have this menu kind of um, separated into different, I don't know, different little platforms mm. here. Like um, they've got the selections from the bazaar, um, which includes something. Okay. I'm going to use an example here, the Manhattan escape room. Um, and it, is made with sacred bond brandy, um, a, a certain Italian vermouth whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce here. Um, the Come bitter on, cube, you can do it. Uh, the bitter it. cube black blackstrap bitters, and smoked cedar. And you know they also have those those cedar sticks. Sticks, yeah. And yeah. You light them up and exactly. You and the um, smoky flavor ex- to cocktail. Right, right. And mm-hmm. I remember we had some of those. Mm-hmm. We I, I bought some of them. We were experimenting with them in the mm-hmm. office trying to. Oh, you drink in the office. Well, you know, we've got to sample <laughs> things, right? Sure, sample. Um, you know, come on. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so okay, so I mentioned the elixirs, those new elixirs. So um, it's uh, they're saying it's like an innovative way to produce craft cocktails very easily. Okay. That's what the whole... Um, I don't want to do anything easy. I don't no, I know, easy. but... Um, so they're available. Those elixirs are available in the bazaar. And like, for instance, you could have there, you could have the mint tea punch um, and that's with Casadoras Reposado tequila black tea mint elixir so that's one of their the bitter cube elixirs bitter cube orange and corazon bitters mm. so it's using all of those things but it's, you know it's really kind of simplifies yeah. it because all you really need to do is buy the elixir the bitter and then the tequila, tequila. Oh, okay. Cool. But do they sell like the ingredients individually too if they want it to there at the bazaar like if I want to like have tequila? like the orange the, the actual separate ingredients the orange bitter no like the other because they have the bitter cube orange and corazon bitters like what's that peels do they sell the peels you know what i mean the oh i don't know if they have all those little those little little ingredients i don't know um but on the the dock 18 side okay which people know is kind of their experimental Mm -hmm. lab right so they've got three cocktails right now um and it's going to feature sort of their greatest hits that people have come to know mm-hmm. over time, right? When they were in Lincoln Warehouses where Doc 18 was located. And it's going to showcase products that they still um, that they still have. Um, so Low Tide is one of these cocktails. It's a purple carrot and celeriac-infused Bombay sapphire. Um, Dolan Dry Vermouth Sea Brine Granita Modest Bitters Batch Number Three. Mm. Okay, you want to make that at home, Tariq? I already did. <laughs> I added some Kool Aid though. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So uh, that's yes. really cool. But it just brought up the thing. Like you went to the you went to the Oriental. Do you notice they were selling these canned cocktails? No. In a can, I've, I've been noticing more cocktails the cocktails in, in a can yeah and the ones at the theater was kind of they were good i mean they were simple cocktails they weren't fancy like that is this when you were talking about having that old-fashioned no in that a was can? before that i had oh, the old-fashioned okay. 
But at the Oriental Theater, they have these cocktails in the can. They're a completely different company than the ones who do old fashioned. They had like it was they were really good cocktails. Can you give some examples? They had a, a simple rum and cola, but it was not what you expect. It's a little more flavorful than a, a typical rum and cola. I had the margarita, which is really refreshing. And I forgot the other ones they had. Was the margarita like a margarita? Yeah. Did it really Yeah, it wasn't sweet or anything. Huh. And it had a hint of sweetness, but it was it was pleasant. But I'm thinking like it seems like that's gonna be a trend. And I wonder, and I was thinking, what if Bitter Q will get into canning their cocktails or even bottling their cocktails? And, you know, instead of like components, you can just you pick a six pack or a four pack. Them. You know, maybe that is something that we, we should talk about. I just feel about. like that's going to be a huge trend that year. Yeah. Because it's convenient. You don't have to wait for the, it's the bartender. Whole, it's the convenience thing, you for know. sure. And another idea that these guys should do, they should work with Uber and Lyft <laughs> and get, get people coupons. Because, you know, I don't want to drive out there because I can only have one cocktail probably and like, because, you know, or get out. But how do you, I mean, anybody can, can call, can, you know, download Lyft or Uber yeah. on their phone but I think, and just, what do you mean work with it? Like I get mean, a deal. Like, oh, give you a special deal if special you Special deal. Like, like, give like better oh. codes to Lyft and Uber because uh, that'd be kind of cool. Like to be very responsible, but a good partnership because those cocktails are not light so on alcohol. You just want a discount. I want a discount. You know, if I'm going to buy all those cocktails, I want to give them more business. Yeah. And they work with Lyft, then I don't have to worry about trying to drive or get a, a you know, a dedicated, designated driver. Yeah. Because it's, it's not not near my neighborhood anymore, you know, because those cocktails are not light on alcohol. No, no, no. You know, yeah. it's but not I a mean, Miller High Life, you know, yeah. content. I'm just thinking like. It's interesting. But you know, yeah, I could see Use that. the code BitterCube and, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it certainly is going to depend upon where you're coming from, yeah. how expensive of a lift ride. Because those cocktails are good, and you lose track of time, you realize, oh, darn, that's way too many cocktails I had, and then I need to get a Luber home. But then if you have a code, it'd be more incentivizing right. to be more responsible. Maybe they need a back room with, like, a cot in it or, or something. Or they should offer shuttles on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Bitter cube shuttles coming back for the city. Into there you go. <laughs> or just like a, they're, you know, maybe they should be like an Airbnb mm, or something. Yeah. Are they going to offer, you probably don't know, they pro are they going to offer classes maybe? In that space? I haven't heard yet. Okay. Sounds like a place they could do classes too. Yeah. yeah. It's a big space. Cool. Finally, let's talk about. Um, finally? Uh, finally? Finally? Are we uh, really at that point? You did a review of the new View MKE. The mm -hmm. restaurant took over Wolf Peach and. What was your take? What was your what was your take on it? What you I thought um, initially so it was interesting the first time I went in there because uh, the new owners also own a place called Stonefire Pizza, mm -hmm. um, and you know that may give you you know very pre preconceived notion of what they're doing at View, you know, and think oh my gosh you know it's like pizza buffet you know mm. kids all of this, but that's not what they're doing at all now. Like Wolf Peach, they're using um, a, those, a wood oven, those. yeah. So they're doing pizzas, but they're not at all like. Or they, to me, when I was there, they did not seem to be like wood roasted pizzas at all. Um, I was not a big fan of the pizzas. Okay. I, th I think the pizzas could be better. I think the mm. crust could be better. Um, they are also doing a menu um, that seemed to incorporate a lot of like this small plate, shareable okay. plate idea, right? And, you know, c categories like, you know, meat and fish or meat, you know, fish, vegetarian, that sort of thing, you mm -hmm. know, grouping things under snacks, you know, yeah. things like that. What I liked, um, I thought they did really well with certain things like um, 
um, like they had um, a beef tartare with um, like a gochichang. Oh, um, that's very popular in beef tartare lately. I, I know. And oh. this was something that we talked about because I know mm. we talked about chard having yeah, something there, similar to this. There was, their tartare Theirs was really, is really good. good. Yeah. This I thought was really probably one of the best things on the menu okay. and had a, like a little soy egg and these like homemade wheat crackers that you spread the, the tartare mm. on. Now, whether that's a really popular item for them, I don't know mm. when they have much more like mainstream type yeah. op- options on the menu. But I thought the more unusual Usual things on the menu, like um, kind of like a comp- an earlier. This was sort of back in the summer. They had a compressed watermelon um, dish with um, fresh mozzarella on top and herbs, and I thought that was that was well Good. done too. Okay. Um, I thought those were the types of items that I thought were better than kind of some the, of the, the more basic, you know, like the, the more accessible items. Yeah, um, I did. Like I said, I, I felt like. Um, the pizzas could be better. Now, interesting and uh, interestingly enough, as it's called View MKE, they're really capitalizing upon the that view. view. So um, <clears throat> on that that main level of um, of that space where, um, I, I don't know if you recall when it was Wolf Peach and when it was Roots before that, there was a bar right in the middle of it, mm-hmm. which kind of like broke up the room and you kind of couldn't see. See the outside. Yeah, yeah, they removed that. Oh, nice. Good. So they still have that bar that's near the kitchen, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and, but that whole dining room is now open. Nice. Um, and it has much more like, mm, I'd want to say they're trying to make it like more, more comfortable seating, okay. like leather chairs. There is a very, very elaborate light fixture. I, I don't even think I could call it a light, one light fixture. It mm. is these, it almost seems like hundreds. I'm sure it's not that many, but light bulbs hanging mm. from the ceiling. It is blingy. There's a lot of light in there. It's, it's interesting. And then those doors that go outside have been ex- have been widened. Oh, okay. So you can really see outside a lot. Uh, uh, you can see a lot more than you did before. Um, I think the ambiance in that way is a much more, um, probably a much more um, aesthetically pleasing one to people that want to yeah. come in and really like Enjoy that take one. advantage of that. Yeah. Cool. Well, if you want to check out that full review, you can head over to Milwaukee Magazine. Is it Milwaukee Mag.com? It's Milwaukee Mag. Okay, it's Milwaukee Mag. Com. But, you know, I have this conversation with people all the time. You know, um, I think, um, and, I, I, and I'm guilty of this as, you know, as a restaurant critic, too. You know, we, we the media, have done this. We put a lot of emphasis on these new restaurants. And then when they open, we jump on them, right? Mm-hmm. Because readers want to know. Yeah. Listeners want to know. Is this place good? When I think I, I have not yet been to a new restaurant that didn't benefit from like, I don't know, maybe a year, mm-hmm. you know, actually honing. And yeah, when you first open, it's it's going to be rough. It's going to be. And I, 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 I know every restaurant I've been to that's newly open has not been perfect. No, far learned, from it. And I've learned to wait. Yeah. Because then that will like if I go in the beginning and then like I'll never go back again because it like, you know clouds my judgment and without the understanding that they're working out kinks. Yeah. And, you know? and a lot of them more than you think don't have enough time before they open to actually do that. Cause there's so much other things besides just cooking to take and care they, of. And they, by the time they get in there and are able to cook, they're at the point where it's like, 
we have to open our doors. Mm. We cannot financially keep it, yeah. keep doing, you know what I mean? Mm. We've got to like, we got to open. And um, so therefore, you know, a lot, some of them, I say some, probably many are opening and they're not quite ready for mm. that. And in probably really no fault of their own. That's, it's the system. Yeah. Because you got to um, worry about, you know, your work schedule, your people, they're hiring, they count systems. And then there's so many other things. What about things. health inspections, yeah. contractors? Liquor licenses. Liquor like, Yeah. All of that. Yeah, it's just, it's so you gotta always give them a little leeway in the beginning. You can't be too harsh yeah. in a new restaurant if you go in the first time. You can't say this place is awful. I never go back again. Like, well, you understand you came in and went when they're open. They're probably stressed. They're trying to get the kinks out. And yeah, and you know, I mean, that's when you really it's in that be, those those first few months that you really mm. notice a lot of service issues yeah. too. Yeah. I think, I mean, kitchen issues. Yeah, that's that's certainly a thing. Mm. But service is yeah, because you got all new employees, well. training, the whole system. So yeah, give them a break. Well, or wait. I yeah, I'm wanting and and deciding to give consciously give restaurants more time because mm. I just think it's unfair. It's unfair to them. It's unfair to diners that yeah. are going in and spending, you know, their dollars and also wanting a really great experience. Mm. And let's give the diners, like, if they want to go, set their expectations. Yeah. That's the, I right. think that's what your job or any other critique, if you go in the beginning, make sure you set expectations so the diner's not like they're going be let down or mm -hmm. so. Cool. Well, that concludes this week's edition of uh, This Bites. This Bites is produced by Tyrone Miller. Handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from Society Insurance and your membership. Subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And as always, and stay hungry. And keep the Malort cold. Which reminds me, Tariq, do you think the Bitter Cube guys... Do you think they dig Malort? Yeah, you know they do. You think? Yeah, I'm going to talk to them about doing a Malort cocktail contest. All right. See how you can transform Malort into something that's... Right on. Yeah. Maybe they could, they could you know, you put know, it together with one of those elixirs. You know those guys, Iron, those guys probably <laughs> really love Malort. Really? Let's think about who, who they are. I, I, I don't know. They I probably couldn't have just a, assume that. They probably have a real appreciation for that most people don't even understand. Yeah. Of, of the cultural importance of, of my lord okay yeah. mm. wow so. can't wait for that <laughs> have a great weekend Anna. you too